Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. My name is Lizzie Wolf. I'm the rector here at St George's. And this morning we are coming to the end of our series, Growing on the Frontline, which is based on some material from LICC, the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity. Now, if you are joining us for the first time today, let me catch you up briefly. And if you have been following along with us, hopefully this will serve as a helpful reminder. Frontlines are nothing to do with a battlefield. For our purposes, frontlines are anywhere that we regularly spend time with people who are not Christians. So if you think about your own life, uh, for many of us, it will be our workplaces, but it could be the school gate or it could be another group that you are part of. On our front lines, we want to be fruitful. Now, fruitfulness is a very biblical image. It comes up in lots of different Bible passages. It means that we want to bring glory to God. We want to participate in the restoring and renewing work of the kingdom of God. We want to make an impact for Jesus. In this sermon series, we've been thinking about how we can become more fruitful on our front lines. Becoming aware of our desires and emotions and how they often affect our choices. Thinking about how we can keep developing our relationship with God in different spiritual seasons, especially winter seasons. Using the language of Romans 12, the passage that Chinadu has just read to us, that inner growth is the renewing of our minds. So verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We don't want to accept the ways of our culture uncritically without thinking about whether they are right and godly. We don't want to let our unchecked desires and emotions decide what we are going to do. Instead, we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we know God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, that's all good. In fact, it's hugely important. And if you have missed any of the talks over the past five weeks, I would encourage you to listen back to them. They're all available on our website. But inner growth is not the whole story. If we're going to become more fruitful on our front lines, inner growth must lead to action. In the language of Romans chapter 12, renewing our minds leads us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And that's what we are focusing on today, how to turn that inner growth into fruitful action. Now, when Dave and I got married about 12 and a half years ago, one of the things that he brought to the marriage was a lot of power tools. 
I actually already had a hammer and a screwdriver, but apparently that was not sufficient. Uh, so by way of illustration, if you bear with us, Dave is going to come and tell us now about one of his favorite tools. Thanks for the introduction. Good morning, everybody. Um, so, yes, as Lizzie said, uh, several years ago, I used to own a car that needed a fair bit of work. Um, and you could often find me lying on the floor underneath his car, pulling bits off it and putting other bits back on. And uh, I decided I needed a tool to help me do that. And so, uh, so I got me one of these. Do you want me to hold that? The big, the big, big reveal. <laughs> right. So who, who knows what one of these is? Shout out. It's a talk talk, talk wrench, absolutely. And it's not just any torque wrench. This is a micrometer gauged, half inch drive, reversing, ratchable torque wrench. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's pretty good, and, isn't it? And more than any one of those things, it's my torque wrench. And I'm really fond of it. It's, it's basically a very clever spanner that allows you to, to do up uh, bolts to a certain amount of tightness. So they're not over tightened and you break something, and they're not under tightened, so they come loose and they fall off your car. And uh, like Lizzie said, I own, I own several tools, and, and this is one of my favorites. Um, I remember when I, uh, uh, stick with me, um, when I decided I needed one of these, and, and I did loads of research, and I looked in all the big sites uh, to see what was about, uh, what I could afford, what was appropriate to my, my use, and I came up with this one, and it comes with the, you get the thing, and, and you get a nice case, and um, a sheet of instructions that have clearly never been read, um, and even a, a certificate that tells me how accurate it is. Um, and I remember the first time I got to use it on the car, and I was really excited, and uh, it worked fantastically. It was, it was a, a joy to use. It was really easy to, to operate, uh, and it made the job go really, really well because it was being used for the purpose for which it had been designed. Uh, in fact, I liked it so much that uh, I got it baby brother. <laughs> um, now, since then, shortly after we married, I was forced to sell my car, um, and so the talk... <laughs> The, the torque wrench, I have to say, it was not very efficient and not terribly reliable. Um, so uh, the torque wrenches now, um, they, they now sit in their cases on my shelf in the garage. They're still fantastic tools. They still work really well. And when I do get the chance to use them, I love using them. But to be honest, now they sort of sit there and gather dust, and then it's a bit of a waste. So if we imagine these sitting in the garage at home in their toolbox, do you still love these tools? Yeah, you do. Very much so. I think you do. I'm very fond of them. Yeah. You do. But what you're saying is the real joy is when you get to use them. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much. Let's give them a round of applause. Now, the torque wrench sitting in the toolbox is a picture of some Christians. We are well made, we are loved. But the torque wrench is used to tighten nuts to their correct tightness. That's its purpose. And the real joy, for people who like that sort of thing, comes when you take the tool out of the box and you use it for the purpose for which it was designed. And the real joy for us comes when our inner growth leads to action. Because we were actually designed to be fruitful on our front lines. It is part of our purpose. And that's where the real joy comes. So how do we do that last stage? If we're already letting God renew our minds in all the ways that we've been talking about over the last five weeks, 
How do we do that final step and turn it into action so that we're not left like that tool sitting in its box? Well, this morning I want to talk about two particular things. The first one is prayer, and the second one is imagination. So, prayer, first of all. Now, during this series, we've talked quite a bit about different ways of praying. I know that some people have been trying what's called the prayer of examine, and I want to encourage you this morning to experiment, to try different kinds of prayer until you find something that really works for you in your current season of life. Now, before I became a vicar, I was a corporate lawyer. I worked on big business deals in quite a rich materialistic environment, surrounded by quite a lot of workaholics. Now, it was actually quite exciting, I enjoyed it, but it didn't immediately seem very promising in terms of the kingdom of God. I had three friends from church who all started work in similar law firms at around the same time, and we used to meet for lunch, to talk, and to pray about work. To begin with, we talked quite a lot about the seeming absence of God. But an interesting thing happened, and after a while, as we kept on meeting, we found that we were mainly talking about the presence of God, prayers that had been answered, signs of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, it wasn't that God had suddenly returned to our workplaces after a long holiday. He had been there all along. But it had taken a while for our eyes to adjust to see him. As we prayed, we began to notice good things, the sense of teamwork, the desire to do an excellent job, a concern to uphold the law. We noticed frustrated people who were longing to discover more to life. Now, as we saw what God was doing, you could say that he was renewing our minds, we had opportunities to join in to become more fruitful on that front line. But it was often still quite difficult to actually do it, to take action. I remember frequently praying what sometimes people call arrow prayers. These are quick prayers that you fire off when you're in the middle of a situation. Mine were usually, Lord, help! Not especially eloquent, but, you know, quite effective sometimes. Now, LICC, in the material that we're using for this series, suggests something that's a little bit more developed than that arrow prayer, Lord help. And they call it a pause prayer. Now, this is particularly helpful if you find yourself in a stressful situation where you think you might be hijacked by your own emotions and desires. Each of the letters in the word pause stands for something. So the first one, P, stands for pause. So if you're feeling anxious or something's kicking off around you, you just pause briefly. The next one, the A, stands for acknowledge. In your mind, run through what is happening and name before God how you are feeling and then the U is for understand. What do your feelings tell you about your underlying desires? 
If you were here a few weeks ago, you might remember that we saw how that, that sense of fear often links to a desire for safety. If you're feeling ashamed, that can be that it's linking to a desire for approval. And if you're feeling angry, sometimes that means that you're wanting a measure of control in the situation. Then the S is about surrender. So you surrender your desires to God, asking him to meet your needs. So instead of trying to control the situation to get those, those feelings, those desires met, you surrender them to God. And then you can do the E, engage. Ask God to help you to respond in a godly and a loving way. Now, if you practice this sort of prayer, you can actually do it quite quickly. And it's very useful because it helps to break the momentum of our own unchecked desires that can kind of drive us to a particular course of action. So, for example, if somebody is having a rant, you can just pause whilst they're still talking. You silently acknowledge and you understand what's going on for you, how you're feeling as they're talking at you, and you surrender that to God. And hopefully what will happen is that you become more free to engage well, to take the kind of fruitful action that you might want to take. So that is an example of how we can pray on our front lines if we want to be more fruitful. The second thing I want to talk about is imagination. Sometimes I think one of the biggest barriers to fruitful action is that we don't actually know what to do. What should I say to this irate customer? How do I handle this decision from my boss that feels unfair? What can I do to support my colleague or the mum at the school gate who's feeling upset? Now, there is plenty of instruction in the Bible. If you take, for example, our passage from Romans chapter 12, it tells us, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not take revenge. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, there is some wonderful, helpful stuff here. But it's not a step-by-step -step action plan for every situation that we might find ourselves in. So alongside developing the particular skills that are relevant to our own workplaces and our own front lines, I think imagination is really important. Of course, we remember that God is able to do more than we ask or even imagine. But godly imagination can be really powerful. It can help us to come up with practical solutions, to navigate tricky situations, and work out what action to take. Godly imagination is shaped by the Bible, including passages like Romans chapter 12, and it's also shaped by the Holy Spirit through prayer. I also think it is quite helpful to hear stories or testimonies from other Christians. Not so that we copy them, but so they can fuel our own imagination. Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, 
visit stgs.org.uk.